We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, Psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. everyone. It's Patty Conklin and Healing Within. Thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I have a wonderful guest and I know you're going to enjoy her and, and her wisdom and all of her great thoughts. So I appreciate you uh, joining us and, um, and spending time with us on this uh, topic of fear. You know, we're looking at it in so many different directions and, and uh, Lynn, Robinson has another way of looking at it. So we're going to uh, say hi, Lynn. Hi to you and everyone listening. 
Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, tell us about you. I mean, I, I know you're, uh, you, you were a professor for a while, University of South Alabama, which down here in the South means a lot uh, for the people listening down here. But um, talk to me a little bit about, about you, about life growing up and when you started really working um, with, uh, you know, spirit with, you know, uh, coming out of your psychic closet, all of that. Let's, let's start a little bit from the beginning. Give us a little bit of, of you. Well, I've had occasion to think about that a lot and it may actually go back to my imaginary playmate when I was preschool, but I'm not sure about that. Um, I probably was not aware of how intuitive I am until maybe college, maybe graduate school, and certainly after that. Uh-huh. However, I was a, I, I never had any problems in school, and I have to think that a lot of that may have had to do with intuition, that I could intuit responses on exams or ways to get problems solved and that sort of thing. I, I don't really know. I just know that it was all maybe easier than it should have been. Um, I also know that I, for some reason, wasn't afraid to be a little bit different. I decided as a teenager that I wanted to be able to take care of myself, even though I was female. And in those years, women did not have the careers they did now. You know, I'm an old And I made the decision that I was going to get a degree in business, which meant I had to go to a public university. The private women's schools didn't have very good majors. You could get an economics or something, but it was kind of lightweight from what I understand. And the the really outstanding business schools were all male. Yeah. I went to the University of Wisconsin, which which was an outstanding public school. And that's where I started. Then I transferred to Emory University as a junior, as the first year that women were allowed in their business school in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, when I did my graduate work, I was one of two women doing doctoral work at the University of Alabama in in business school at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, one in accounting, and I was in marketing. So that, you know how all that happened? I don't know. I never looked at, I'm going to get this done so much as, oh, what is it that I want to do? And right. What's around the next corner? Yeah. So, so where were you born? I was born in Mobile. In Alabama. Mobile. Yeah. So, so going back to Tuscaloosa was kind of coming back home. Uh, yeah. And my, uh, my father and my grandfather... <laughs> had been to school there. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so so what did you want to do with this financing and marketing degree? I, I wanted to well, right <laughs> right out of undergraduate school with with my degree from the business school at Emory, I went to Macy's in New York where I worked as a young executive. One of the fun things I did there because I knew the guy in charge of the Thanksgiving Day parade, I was actually a clown. Uh, oh wow! It, yeah, great <laughs> had a great time. Yeah. Uh, and then I decided I really would prefer to go into the teaching aspect of business rather than the executing business. Though, by the time I left the university, I had my own consulting business, uh, consulting with all businesses of you know from mom and pop shops to Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, really 
more on people interaction than okay. on marketing aspects. And, and of course, you know, intuition is going to play into both. I mean, you know, it sounds like you were a natural intuitive without really even recognizing that maybe you were a natural intuitive at that time. Uh, by, by the, yeah, well, by the time I was a professor, I knew that I was, I was a natural intuitive. And I, uh-huh. one of the funny things that would happen when I would sometimes team with um, other consultants to do work for, you know, a major company, um, and we would have something planned in working with that executive group, and it wasn't panning out, and we'd take a break, and they'd say, okay, we've got to make some quick changes, and they would look at me and say, okay, Lynn, do your thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, put space out and bring in a couple of of ideas to make really quick changes, and we'd go with it. Right, right. You said um, I've got here that you wrote your first book, "Coming Out of Your Psychic Closet: How to Unlock Your Naturally Intuitive Self." When did you write that? I wrote that. Um, I don't have a copyright at hand. I think it was nineteen ninety eight, maybe. Uh huh. I know it was in the 1990s. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I what did you what did you want to express that. in that? I'm sorry. What did you want to express in that in 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 the book itself? I wanted people to be unafraid of their intuition. Mhm. And so I was willing to actually say psychic closet as kind of a a, a catchphrase. Yeah. To to, to draw people in. What happened to me as a result of that, Patty, was just unbelievably wonderful things because people with intense intellect who themselves were naturally intuitive and knew it uh-huh. um, brought me into some of their circles. And um, there was an organization formed called the Intuition Network. Yeah, and I ended up serving on the board of that network, and uh, I made friends from all over. Yeah, wow, beautiful. And so, and so, what what was the next step then in in teaching and and just helping people um, understand their intuition? Well, there were a number of things. I was able to bring some friends of mine who were shaman from South America. However, mm-hmm. the they were both shaman. Um, the male who is now deceased, and and I think I have in my latest book, uh, "Loving to the End and On," how he how he came to say goodbye the night he died. Um, but she was from Peru, he was from Brazil, and he was a consultant to the Smithsonian. I became friends with them and was able to bring them to Mobile to the University of South Alabama, where I taught. But they spoke at grand grand rounds in the medical school and then uh to the nursing faculty wow yeah it's pretty cool it is pretty pretty cool cool. yeah so i just while we're still in this segment i want to i want to go into this a little bit more but um at some point you became after deaths of family and friends and so forth you became a hospice volunteer because I'd really like to talk on this show. We, we've been talking about emotional fear and physical fear and so on and so forth. Um, but fear of death is something that I work with a lot of my clients on. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to ask you about becoming a hospice volunteer and so forth. What kind of moved you into that? 
Well, certainly the the fact that people no longer in their physical bodies talk to me, people I know and people I don't know, and the people mm-hmm. I don't know sometimes tell me who they want to get in touch with. The ah. other, the other thing was um, my father's demise. He died at age ninety eight and a half. There's a chapter about that in in Loving to the End and on with some caveats about uh, hopefully that'll help people um, have good experiences in the end. Um, so once he had died. And the hospice workers had been so incredibly helpful to us and so understanding, just absolutely marvelous. I cannot recommend hospice highly enough. Right. And so I thought, you know, it's that makes sense to me to volunteer. And I volunteered only, though, for one aspect um, of that, which is just at the end of life when um, there are no family members present. And so hospice likes to have someone there. Having said that, though, I was frequently called to go to other places, too, and did. I have not been active in hospice for the last couple of years because some other things in my life have intervened. But at some point, I'll get back to that. Yeah, I know my my niece is, is in medical school right now, and her focus will be on end of life care. And I'm really proud of her because that's a that's a challenging uh, medical field to go into is the uh, end of life care. And I think, you know, some of it is just um, uh, I've always been so open with her about my work and so forth that that she decided that, you know, with the deaths of her grandparents and so forth, that she would move into it. Um, And it takes a special person to be able to be in hospice or be in the medical field for, for end of life care, because the fear is so overwhelming. So, you know, when we come back from break, I'd really like to uh, go into that a little bit more. Um, You know, do you know when you're afraid, you know, fear versus challenge, um, tormentor or teacher? Um, And I've got some, some thoughts about that, but I really want to hear your thoughts on that and uh, what really takes us to that place. Is it fear or is it a new exploration going back onto the other side? So let's, uh, let's talk about that when, when we come back. But um, you've had a fascinating life. I can, I can absolutely uh, see that and, and I can't wait to, to hear more about that and where we're going with that. So folks, this is Patty Conklin and Healing Within, and you can reach uh, Lynn at her website at, um, let me see if I got it here, I Bruin, I-B, or is that L? L-B-R-U-M-I-N at AOL.com. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, 
international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes, and Stairway to Heaven TV videos. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Yes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School change your life, live abundantly. Schedule a long-distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. Everyone, this is Patty Conklin with my guest Lynn Robinson, PhD. Thank you so much for joining us today on uh, this uh, this episode of Healing Within. I hope that uh, you find it uh, informative and educational, and and help you understand your own intuition and how you face fear, um, and what you do to overcome that fear. So. I really appreciate everyone being with us and and uh, and following through with this. 
So, so Lynn, how do you know when you're afraid? Or do you know when you're afraid? How do people, how do people react? In numerous different ways. I think some people have a feeling in their tummy. Some people have their, their throats constrict. Uh-huh. Some people simply worry a lot. Uh, some people get really, really busy. It's sort of an avoidance thing. Okay. Okay. And so when people become aware that they're in avoidance or, you know, tummies constricting or whatever, um, what's important for them to do at that point in order to, to understand that possibly they're in fear or they're uncomfortable? What, what is journaling a good idea? What do you suggest? Well, journaling is a good idea for those people who like to write things down. Not everybody likes to do that. So that's one really good way. Another good way is to take a deep breath and say what's going on and just examine it internally inside of your head. Um, and, and ask yourself questions. What's going on? Why does my tummy feel this way? What's this related to? Um, something that's recently happened something that is triggered from the past. So mm-hmm. I think those kind of questions can be very, very helpful. And again, you can, you know, you can do it in your head or you can write it down either way. Um, some people pick up a book and read it and they don't realize that the book they've picked, for instance, will lead them into, into what will explain the feeling. But the very first thing is to recognize the feeling, to feel what you feel. Right, right. And so... And so I'm assuming that this crosses all genres. I mean, whether it's about a relationship, whether it's about work, whether it's about your health um, and everything in between. Everything in between, any of the above. (laughs) Okay. And so, so when you ask fear versus challenge, talk to me about that. Well, a challenge for me, as as I interpret it, is something that stretches you, mm-hmm. something where you've not had the experience to say, oh, I can do that. Um, fear is when there's something that you know needs to be done and you are not at all convinced that you can do it. You're scared of it. You um, you prevaricate, you find, you do avoidance things rather than just meet it head on. Sometimes what you need to do is simply say, what is going on? Right. I think I need to do. And how do I recognize this and divide it into whatever pieces there may be? And one could be challenging. It's exciting. The other could be, "Uh oh, I didn't do this, something like this really well before. So um, I'm not sure. And sometimes there's a voice in your head from your past, a teacher, a parent, a friend who says, you can't do that. Right. And instead of challenging it, you accepted it. And, you know, now's a good time to say, wait a minute. I'm not who I was when that negative thought was put in my head. Let's re-examine that. How many people do you think, though, really sit back and, and go that deep into themselves? I mean, is it a crisis that brings it up that forces them into um, that kind of thought mode or, or what? I think that's very individual. Some people do have a, a tendency to self-examine more frequently because of education or because of the way they were raised or just some psychological characteristic. 
Others, however, um, who want to be to move ahead and who have found ways to do that, whether it's with formal education or, or ways to simply survive in this world, have created a pattern of I need to get from A to B. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if they recognize you know, in looking at a fear versus a challenge, a fear is something that is reactive. A challenge is something that's external moving forward, um, in my mind. So, so when would they move fear into a challenge? And if they're in a challenging situation, when would they recognize that they're in fear? Um, well, first of all, I think sometimes, you don't want to move from fear into challenge because there's a good reason to be afraid. Well, mm-hmm. let me modify that. If you hear a rattlesnake and you're on a hike, uh, it's good to be afraid. Right. And to yes. take stock of that fear. And then the challenge is how to remove yourself from the challenge of and, and the fear of the rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there are such instances of that in, in life. Um, Certainly in certain parts of the world where there is a, a lot of war and strife right now, there's, there's good reason for fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for not losing the fear because the fear keeps you alert to your safety. Right. Right. Which is yeah. so important. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but when fear becomes so overwhelming that it, it stifles us and, and, and we just stop. Um, how do you, how do you suggest people move out of it? Again, first you recognize it, that Mm -hmm. I am so afraid I am immobilized. I think then it's very good to go inside and find the places where you have not been afraid. The place where someone else has coached you or loved you into a little sense of safety. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a time when you were really, really threatened and you found your own way. And if you can get back to a place where you have succeeded, then you can use the strength of that success to move out of the fear. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it just takes a lot of self-talk that where you see. <laughs> I don't know if you ever read the book when you were a child about the little engine that could. Uh-huh. Yep. When I, you know, had to get up over the mountain with the toys to get them to the, I think, to the kids at Christmas on time. And and he really wasn't strong enough. And so on the way up the mountain, he kept saying, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And he got to the top and he got over the top and he said, oh, I thought I could. I thought I could. I thought I could. Right. Right. So sometimes you just need to reach for the strength to do that. To just move yourself beyond the yeah. fear of yeah. it. Yeah. And so but we have, we, we need to make the caveat, Patty, that some people do have a physical impairment that makes that very, very difficult. And we need yes. not to judge them because they can't. Right. We need to love them into a sense of security if we're able. Yeah. What if we're looking at someone who has a, you know, a, a, a fatal disease or a diagnosed 
fatal disease. And they're moving into that fear state. I know that, you know, when I start working with someone, the, the first thing I tell them to do is surrender uh, into the disease. And they're like, what? You want me to give up? And I'm like, no, I want you to understand this is what is in this place and time. And the more you surrender to it, the more that your body can free flow and begin to heal. But if you stay in fear, it shuts your body down and um, and you have less ability uh, to heal. And so, you know, I think it's important for people to um, surrender as, into what is in the moment and do everything they possibly can that feels right in order to get beyond a crisis um, or, you know, move into um, what could be inevitable for them of them crossing. And I want to yeah. talk to you about that next segment. But when when people are diagnosed with something, whether it's emotional or physical, and they move into that fear space, sometimes it's it's really challenging. You know, they're like, well, of course I'm afraid. Well, yes, of course you are. Um, however, that doesn't need to be the space that you stay into. Um, you can now look at it as something that you can take on as an adventure. Um, to get beyond, you know, not necessarily a challenge in my mind, but an adventure um, to move forward, to get to the other side and and be through it. Um, so what do you recommend to people um, in how they do that? You know, I had this this vision come into my head as you were giving that example of a of a preteen whose parent ta- told them that they had to take ballroom dancing lessons. Yeah. And so they, you know, went with great fear and trepidation. First of all, they were going to have to dance with somebody of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And second of all, they had to follow somebody else's directions. And they weren't sure that they could follow the beat of the music, much less the directions. But they just had to get in there and do it. And then at the end of it all, they found out that that it was great fun and it opened up some other possibilities for them. Mm -hmm. I I think if, if... we can get people to grab onto metaphors like that one. Right. Um, that will help them find something that, that they can look at in their own heads. I mean, if somebody's diagnosed as dying and, and there is no escape, sometimes they get well, you know, sometimes there's sure. a miracle, but oftentimes if, if, you know, you, they're you, going to transition. Yeah. Gonna I mean, yeah. just are, I'm at an age where a number of my friends have, and I've, you know, been outside yeah. with them. And, um, so seeing those, those happy things in your head and envisioning what you're doing. Yeah. And sure. It's scary, but I've done scary stuff before. Right. Right. I, I well, think- when we, when we get back, let's talk about that because I, I have a little bit of a theory I'd like to, to share. Um, and see what you think about it. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, 
psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is... We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Are you ready for spring? Well, now's the perfect time to head out to your local garden center and pick up a hydrangea from Proven Winners to add to your landscape. Proven Winners hydrangeas are gorgeous and simple to care for. There's just no better or easier way to enjoy a flower-filled summer. Take the time to plant one now and look forward to years of enjoyment and compliments. Look for Proven Winners Hydrangeas in the white containers at your favorite garden center. ...is reality as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, Lake Monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Hello, everyone. Thank you for uh, continuing to uh, be a part of our show today. This is Patty Conklin and Healing Within. And my guest today is Lynn B. Robinson, a PhD. And we're talking about fear and different different forms of fear and uh, how to overcome it. Um, Lynn has an amazing story. You can find uh, more about her at her website, which is L. Uh, B-R-U-M-I-N at AOL.com or I guess website, uh, that's her email. The website would be um, Lynn um, Robinson.com and Lynn B. Robinson.com. So go visit her website and learn some more about uh, Lynn and today's show. You know, Lynn, one of the things that, that I'm always amazed with is um, when people get ready to transition and, you know, being a part of hospice, I'm sure you've seen this as well. Um, and, and a good friend of mine put it in a beautiful way. When I was with one of my dear friends who was crossing, um, in the moment 
that his soul left, I was looking into his eyes and I saw tremendous fear. And I thought, wow, what, what are you being fearful of? I mean, this, we knew this was coming and so on and so forth. And I was holding his hand and, and, but his eyes, his soul had left his body, but his eyes were fearful. And a, a good friend of mine said, you know, when we're born, uh, most of us come into this world crying. And I suspect if we've been on the other side, whether we've been in heaven or floating in spirit or whatever, and we're coming into a new surrounding, you know, all of a sudden we're coming through a vaginal canal and there's people talking and there's bright lights and there's whatever, it would be scary. And what would, what would you know, until we get used to it? And he said, how about if your friend um, actually, the soul left the body and he went back to spirit and went, holy crap, I forgot all of this. Where am I? And so the human eyes showed fear when the soul was getting reoriented to where it came from. And that gave me a lot of peace. It, it just made so much sense to me that um, that you could have that moment of physical fear as your body is is leaving, as your soul is leaving the body. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's a real possibility, um, and I, I like the, the way it was expressed. Uh, having said that, I also know that there are people who don't have that, who smile mm -hmm. and uh, look off into space at something that pleases them. Uh, and I think there's everything in between. In talking to one of my friends who had an NDE, um, he had a very um, bad experience as he was dying and for the first few minutes afterwards until he asked for help from his expression of deity and then he, everything opened up and was beautiful. I, so, yeah, your um, explanation I think is great for those for whom it works, but I think we mm -hmm. all find our own way. Right. Well, I think that that people cross um, with the deep belief of what they believe, you know, that that what's going to be waiting for them is is what they truly believe, not the last minute fear, but what they truly believe deep down um, is what's waiting for them. So it can be so many different so many different things. Um, so. You, you ask the question, do you know where you learned fear? Is it from childhood? Is it from a past life? What, how do you learn it? Well, in my own experience, it's um, from all kinds of different ways. Some of it, I think, is intuitive. Some of it may be from a past life. Some of it may be from a story that was read to you when you were a child or today's world, something you've seen on, on TV or in the movie, you can learn fear from a friend, from an older sibling, from innumerable ways. And what I hope everybody who's listening will put some attention on is not how you learn fear, but how you learn to overcome fear. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are some good steps to overcome fear? To learn to trust yourself, to pay attention to what happens when you are afraid that gets you out of fear, just like 
you were mentioning uh, being aware of what did did um, make you afraid mm-hmm. um, to learn and listen about how other people have have gotten out of bad scrapes, whether it's movies or books or but yeah, I think in today's world you you really need to um, examine some of the ways that you see people getting out of bad scrapes because they're um, sometimes more of the imaginal realm than realism. So, right. Yeah. Right. You have to just learn to examine that. Um, and, and don't be afraid to talk about fear with yeah. your friends or your family and, or, or a teacher, you know, to say, this really bothers me. I'm not sure I'm fully afraid. Or you might say, I'm scared witless. What am I right. going to do? You know, right. So consult with others. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, some of some of the the challenges that people get into in talking about fear um, and their specific fears is that they're going to be judged, um, whether it's family or friends or or whoever. And so they kind of just stick it down inside of them. And, you know, especially this time of year, um, you know, we see more depression and so forth as as uh, things are happening around us. And, you know, we're moving into different states of holidays and and so on. And I think that, you know, fear can can cause someone to go into a depression and the fear of judgment of not being able to vocalize and be open to someone um, is a real, a real challenge for people. And they just kind of hibernate and introvert and and um, have a hard time coming out of that. So, you know, for the, the people that are, are challenged that way, who are having a hard time um, speaking up and finding their voice, um, what do you suggest to them to, to get them beyond that fearful state of being judged or, or uh, challenged with how they feel? One is to be willing to um, figure out where the fear came from. Mm-hmm. Did someone actually tell me I should be afraid of this? Have yeah. I been taught this fear? And is that really a problem of the person who taught it? Or is it my problem? Right. Um, so I, I think that's really important. Another thing is to, is to take the fear apart into pieces. Yeah. And examine the pieces of what paints that picture of fear for you. Right. I think that can be very helpful. Um, and another thing is to say, and I, and I don't mean avoidance behavior here, but, but to just ask yourself, why am I spending the time on fear? Yeah. Is there something else I can be doing that would put me in a positive frame of mind and then I can move ahead? Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, just from, from my work, with so many people, it's so hard for them to recognize what could possibly have created fear because maybe it happened so young in life that they don't have any memory of it. Or maybe it's a learned behavior from a family member, um, you know, from a parent or, or a grandparent and so forth. Um, you know, I just find that people, for the most part, really don't understand they're in fear. And, um, and it takes that thought talk therapy to help them understand that 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 they are in fear and there's nothing to be fearful of 
um, if they can explore it with their mind and use talk therapy or hypnosis or whatever it is they want to, uh, what other modality they want to use it for. Um, but I think that, you know, having a, a safe place to respond, to unload, to overcome, um, to fear, interior, exterior, um, is, is critical. So talk to me just for a minute or two about that. Um, you know, do people have safe places? Not everyone, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um, so then you, you have to find one. And when I say not everyone, uh, I'm very well aware that I have lived in mostly safe spaces all my life. But there are people who live in very dangerous neighborhoods yeah. you know, where yeah. they keep doors locked and, and have bars and windows on the doors. And even to venture outside um, can can be a little threatening. So that's real. Yeah. Um, and those real fears need close attention so that you have solutions to get around what may be um, um, physical threats or, right. and emotional right. threats. So I don't think you ever want to throw away the reality of certain fears. On the other hand, confront them and find solutions right. can move somewhere else in the example that I just gave. Right. Uh, you are a, around friends who are constantly negative and telling you, Oh, don't do that. That's, that's, you know, you could get in trouble for that or don't do that because um, it's against certain principles that we've been taught. Um, find another friend who right. helps you who right. helps you grow away from that and into yeah ability and into beauty and into okay let me let's let's continue that when we come back on the other side because i want to talk to you about women in you know shelters that have been abused and so forth how they move beyond that so folks you're listening to patty conklin and healing within my guest today is lynn b robinson phd and uh, we'll be right back If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. 
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being a part of today's show. This is Patty Conklin and Healing Within, and we are with our guest, Lynn B. Robinson, PhD. And we're talking about fear and different aspects of fear and how to how to kind of recognize when you're in it, what to do. 
Um, you can find Lynn at her website, which is lynnbrobinson.com, and uh, find out more information about her, because I know you're going to uh, want to find out more information about her. So, you know, Lynn, for, for people who have grown up in, you know, somewhat safe surroundings, um, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine not being in safe surroundings. And I kind of grew up in not safe surroundings. Um, I was 32 before I ever slept more than an hour in an evening, in a nighttime. And so, you know, when you recognize fear and what it's doing to you, you know, you can, you can think it through and move through, which is what I chose to do. But I think about you know, individuals who are in homeless shelters or individuals who are in, you know, safety abuse um, centers, uh, women, men, you know, because I believe in men get abused as well uh, by females. So when people are in the thick of a fearful situation, fearful of their life, fearful for their children, um, living in a not safe situation. How, how do we, by, by them listening to this show, how do we encourage them to have the strength to move beyond that gut reaction or the response of, you know, it's really my fault. And, you know, and so um, they stay in that fear space. How do we help them understand that that they can move beyond it well as you were going through that the first thing i that came to my mind was congratulations because you mentioned these are people who've already gotten themselves to a shelter yes pat yourself on the back continuously for getting yourself out of a negative situation and into one of hope it's not the last stop for you but you've come to the to the, the beginning line of a better life. And that's huge. So continuously remind yourself of that. Uh, if someone's listening who has not yet gotten there, um, think about the people who have and use them as a beacon mm-hmm. to get yourself there. Somebody yeah. else has done it, I can do it too. Yeah. It, I mean, my heart just expands hugely to, to think about the, the, the people who are in shelters and that they've gotten there. It, but it is important to realize that's not the last step. Learn from the people who are there to help you and from the people who, the other people who've gotten themselves there. Yeah. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And then there are a lot of organizations out there who will help and the people running the shelter can put you in touch with those, whether it has to do with education or health or a place to live, uh, whatever you need, you've gotten yourself to a place where the next step is more help. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really that first step, you know, that, that first step is the hardest for, for so many people to, um, to be willing to acknowledge that, that they can no longer handle it themselves and that they need support and they need help and, um, they need loving supportive people around them who understand, um, their dynamics and the situation that they're in. Um, it's something like that happened when I was still doing my professor work and I had a just lovely young co-ed come to my office, um, saying she was sorry she had missed class the day before. I noticed she had a cast on her arm 
And she said her boyfriend had beaten her up and she'd gone somewhere to get medical help. And with her in the office, we made some calls within the university and other places to get her into a shelter. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know how to get into a shelter, go anywhere you can, police station, a church, um, um, almost anywhere and say, can you help me find out how to get in touch with people who will get me to a shelter? Right. Right. How do I get there? Take that first step. And even your physician, if you have a physician, can uh, start getting some public service and and getting in there and and helping. I I think it's important for people to recognize that, um, you know, the the psychological fear that so many experience. You know, I I have been well said at every show on this uh, or every time on this show. Um, but fear to me is forgetting every available resource and that's the strength you have inside of you. It's, um, it's knowing that you can do whatever you need to do. If you can protect your children and you can protect other people that you don't know and so forth, recognize that you can protect yourself. So what do you do with fear? Um, you know, when we look at, Um, identify um, when you uh, cower, you do nothing for what reasons, or identify when you take action to understand or overcome to grow for what reasons, what, what would make people continue to cower and um, do nothing? What is the fear so, um, uh, so paralyzing that they can't do anything different? I suppose with some people it can be, um, and to be frank, they're better problem solvers than others. So it may not be fear so much as a true inability to know where, and that's a place where, again, go to someone and ask and get that person to get you to the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so what do you recommend for people that, that are listening that are just stuck? They're just stuck. And even though they're listening to that going, yeah, I can do that. But intuitively, they're pulling back. Um, what what can you what can you say to, to help them get beyond that moment? You are unique. You are special. You have the capacity to move ahead. You can go to your library and check out the little engine that could. And imagine mm-hmm. yourself as being that little train, and I think I can, I think I can. But you have to be willing to take a step. Yeah. And you can move one step at a time. Those baby steps. They're baby important. Steps. Yeah. Baby steps. If you yeah. can't get beyond your front door today, then say, tomorrow I'm going to get out of that front door. If you don't get beyond the street the second day, then tell yourself that night, I'm going to go farther tomorrow and do the baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. Just take it, take it within your comfort zone. And somebody, if you can, who will reinforce that for you. Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is the title of your latest book? The title of my latest book is loving to the end and Uh on a guide to the impossibly possible. And tell me just a little bit about that. Well, the, the book was written to help people understand that life 
um, takes on a lot more aspects than one might think. I do include a lot of things about life beyond the physical body or outside of the physical body, but I don't demand that readers believe that. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to look at um, the fact that life is going to end and all of the beautiful things that can happen as a result of that. There are a lot of um, resources in the book, including some movies that you can watch and, you know, check out and watch or order online or however you do that. Uh-huh. It's, it's an, ex- an opportunity to examine the fullness of life that one can see retrospectively from the end. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big believer that good always comes out of bad. And so, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's reflecting back on your life, uh, even to the bad things that have happened, and understand how you grew from that experience and what you learned. And, and it's important to stay focused on that and not the negative. And, uh, you know, as we all get to that place of, of transitioning, um, you know, it's understanding that, that, you know, life is not promised and, um, and that there's times that, you know, people become incredibly fearful, phobic even about, um, that aspect. But I think that it's important to understand that, that every day we have is an amazing blessing and um and that we can take it as such that fear is only that you know in metaphysics they talk about you know um uh what false evidence appearing real um and a lot of times what you fear the most is not um as big in the in the window as what you think it is um it's it's uh it's overcoming overcoming it by baby steps. So in in our last uh, few minutes here, what what would you suggest for people that are uh, in fear, uh, willing to take those baby steps? Uh, what would you recommend to them? One of the things that I say for this purpose and many other purposes is to keep in mind that you are more than a physical body. Mm-hmm. And if that's difficult, suspend, suspend your disbelief for just a moment to consider I am more than a physical body. So that gives you a lot of options and yeah. it gives you a lot of ways to proceed in life. Right. Beautiful words. Beautiful words. Folks, you've been listening to Lynn B. Robinson. You can, you can find her website at lynnbrobinson.com. This is Patty Conklin and Healing Within. And uh, so thankful that you uh, stayed with us today and listened to the show. I think you've learned a lot and I deeply appreciate every single one of you. Let's overcome our fear and move forward. Lynn, thank you so much for being a guest on Healing Within. I truly appreciate it and uh, hope we get to talk again sometime. Thank you. It was my joy to be with you. Thank you.